0: Welcome back into another episode of The Idea Collision. This is a little bit of a milestone. Uh, this is the 20th uh, episode that I've done. And so I want to kind of back up a little bit and uh, just take the time to kind of explain the idea for those who might be new to it. I'm going to do this kind of from a little bit of a different perspective. Uh, we call it The Idea Collision. And, and uh, so what in the world does that phrase mean? Uh, Sounds like arguing or whatever. But uh, in life, we are constantly barraged by information uh, from all sources and all sorts of types of information, Uh, useless information, which I'm, you know, I always uh, joke that I am the encyclopedia of useless information. But we put this information in our brain as we see fit. Uh, it was just like put this here. I hear this. I put it here, and I, I might access it later if, if my brain decides where to put it, and uh, if it feels like it's going to be something that's important uh, that I'm going to want to, you know, pull out. Uh, sometimes it's just like you know I'm probably never going to hear this again or need it again. Uh, kind of like every kid who has ever said, you know, well I I'm never going to need you know algebra two or I'm never going to need. You know, grammar in, in the rest of my life Whatever the the, the favorite subject is, you know But we're, we're assimilating this information To be used later And uh, I don't know I remember, I don't think I've ever done this recently But I remember in the days of ancient computers That we would defrag our computer It wouldn't be working good So we would, we would defragment it And uh, I'm sure it still works a lot the same I just don't know if our computers are weak enough to, to need doing this, but we would, we would run a defrag kind of uh, uh, cleanup, and what that did is it, it took your information, and it would actually read where your files were located uh, for information for your programs, just regular information that you're storing, uh, and you would notice that it was like all over. It would give you a map of your hard drive. Anyway like one program would have files in it here, but like another file it need to access would be over here and so over time you're sliding in and your your computer's trying to you store up a new thing and you're trying to store to figure out your computer's trying to figure out where it can put it and so you're actually your computer would not be as useful as it could be for one, it would be slower because you're trying to access one program from multiple places, but it would also uh as you just kind of randomly put those in there would be like, well, this space is too small for this program, so I'm going to have to find a space over here. And so you would actually have a hard drive that was smaller uh, in terms of its practical use than it than it really should have been. So you, every once in a while, you'd run a defrag, it would compile it, and now you have this big open space to mess up again. Uh, it's kind of like when you clean out a room in your, in your house and you decide, oh, now look at all this room, I have to throw a bunch of junk in it. And that's your computer. It's also your brain. Um, over time, uh, we just randomly store all of this information and uh, we we like this idea so I give it a home uh, and and it's in there and uh, or maybe I just discard it whatever but 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 a lot of this information gets stored and so sometimes because these are in so different locations I might actually have conflicting information in my brain. I don't know how it works with a computer, but in my brain I actually have conflicting information in my brain uh and and so uh, sometimes we need to defrag uh and uh you know like i might not have had the second idea in mind when i stored the first or vice versa you know uh so so i have these two pieces of information i'll give you an example of this because we can do this intellectually we can do this politically we can do this spiritually but i want to take a look at an illustration that's silly Uh, i do our menu for the week and uh, that's a long story which you're not interested in but i write up our menu and write write the items that we have to we have to get for it and uh so then i do the online shopping and go pick it up Uh, that's uh, something that has evolved uh into that but but it goes back to when we lived in ukraine well my wife has things she likes she lived in taiwan and, uh, she likes a lot of like Asian dishes, which I like Chinese food. You know, I like American Chinese food. Um, she likes curry and she's, she always complains that curry doesn't get on the menu enough. And, um, so I, like if I put it on the menu, I try to put it on when there's going to be like a night when I'm not here. You know, I'm like, Oh, I've got to, I've got to go do something tonight. I'm at a meeting. I'm at a whatever. You guys can have curry, and uh, and then everybody's happy. She gets her curry, so, but she's like, you never have it. So she complained, was, well, I don't have a night right now where I'm going to be gone." So, so I said, "Well, all right, I'll put a curry on for her, and I'll I'll just have to suffer through it." All right, so here's the here's the strange thing. I like curry. Now my brain tells her that I don't like like my brain has this I access when I'm accessing making menu my brain has this mental picture of curry that I don't like it. We've been to friends house who have served it. We've had like we've made it my wife like I've had curry. I like curry. I don't like a lot of curry but it's just something I've stored a piece of information and I, I have two pieces of information. One is my, my taste buds, which actually say, Hey, you know, I actually do like this stuff, but my brain up here somewhere, there's some file that says you don't like curry. Don't put it in the menu. It, it's conflicting. There's these two ideas that are conflicting. Uh, and uh, I, in fact, I've never had a curry that I don't like. I don't think in, in terms of taste, sometimes it doesn't look appealing and maybe that's it. But, um, we've been talking about contradictions um for a little bit and specifically with the younger generations again not that the that the older generations don't have any generations but or any contradictions but the the older generations are the ones that are not changing the older we get the less we change uh, we're just you, and if we do change, the smaller the changes are. So, so a change when you're older is harder, but it will also be a smaller type of a change. We'll be like, okay, um, you know, I, I'm not like probably at 80 years old, I'm not making big moves across the country. It's like, okay, I'm going to move. Okay, we're going to move from this house into this, you know, elderly residential area up the street that's a that's a big move for an old person um you know whereas when we're young it's like oh hey honey you want to go live in ukraine you know (laughs) those are those are things we do when we're young so uh you don't see 80 year old people doing that you'll see 20 30 year old people doing this so that's why we're like like focusing on the the younger generations uh because they do change and we're trying to Hopefully, share some ideas for people to make significant spiritual changes. Uh, we talked about with with them. We've talked about their activism, uh, and we talked about their awareness and importance. We we referenced their mental health and things, and and we we talked about um, how they've you know uh, maybe been very interested in. Um, and some of the, the you know the awareness based things and yet sometimes their involvement doesn't match there's a contradiction um want to go back to the idea of the activism a little bit more um, from maybe from a different perspective why don't they appear to be involved and and i say that because i'm i'm using our what we've talked about uh, their lack of volunteerism they talk about volunteerism a lot but Right now, it's actually very difficult to get people in these age brackets to volunteer—Gen Z and Millennials, so basically 40 and under. Well, it's actually they are active, but but we have to look at how they're active, and and it doesn't look like what I would like it to look like. Um, and so today, I want to talk about diversion a little bit. They they've diverted their activity. They're active, uh, but they are—they've—they've they've diverted it. Uh, They've been kind of taken aside to things that I believe are less valuable. Um, They look valuable. But um, right now, and we've talked about this with with the younger ones and the impact this has on the very younger ones, uh, specifically Gen Z and why mental health is kind of an issue. We've talked about social media and we've talked about politics, and really these are connected uh we you know politics the the pressure to be politically active is i think more than it has ever been and um uh, you know these things feel successful to people like like it i i don't know why politics is so alluring uh it and it's not alluring to everybody but it, it's definitely right now the most emphasized method or type of involvement that you you can have is 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 you've got to have a political opinion on on anything, and everything, and, and you you really and you not just have an opinion internally, but you have to express it. it. It's it they want everybody to express it, and 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 there is a, you know, there's an approved list of political opinions that you can have and can't have. So if you have and express a political opinion that's not popular. With certain groups, well, that that's also wrong. So, um, I, I don't even know if there's a second place of types of involvement that is, you know, that's worthy to mention in in, in specific, you know, a like category. Like it's political or nothing. Uh, now, I grew up in the '80s in the Northeast, so so wherever you grew up, you can kind of put in the names. Uh, and see if this is true for you. But in the 80s and into the 90s, I didn't know the political opinions of Larry Bird or Don Mattingly. Fill in the names in your part of the country that, you know, if you're in the Midwest, uh, you did not know the political opinions of, I live in uh, Wisconsin now, you did not know the political opinions of Paul Molitor, you know, or, or you know if if you lived in uh I, I, whatever you know did, in in 1990 did you know what Troy Aikman felt? I mean, you do now, but you you didn't then he, he they, there was no broadcasting of political opinions for athletes news sports and that's what they were interested. In. I'm not saying they can't have them. I'm just saying it wasn't important for everybody to hear what everybody thought about every political thing. I'm sure they had political opinions but there wasn't the need to focus on them and share them and, and emphasize them. uh and I don't begrudge anybody from having a political opinion. I don't care what your job is. But uh I'm just saying it's very emphasized uh right now. And uh, you know I to be to be honest, I couldn't even tell you really what my teachers thought about political things. I like, like, I'm trying to think of of teachers When the first time I, I mean, I knew what, what some of my teachers felt about certain things, you could kind of tell, but, uh, but not politics, you know, um, I, I, I'd never heard, I never heard a single teacher, you know, support a a political idea right now with, with my oldest son, he was in public school for a little while and, uh, Primarily because his math skills were good, and I couldn't. We had been homeschooling at the time, and I couldn't. I couldn't keep up with his math, and I like math, so we put him in public school where you could have an engineering school available to him. And I was in there every day, just to, not really, but I was in there routinely with other other classes, not his math classes, but but some of his other, you know, uh, just n- general classes, whether it was history or English or whatever. And I was like, he's bringing home homework assignments. And I'm like, what are we doing? You know, th- this is this was people giving their opinions in the form of homework, and and trying to instill political values. I, that never happened with me. And you know, a, I graduated in 1990. That that never happened once with me. I'm sure my teachers had political opinions. It just wasn't important to share them. But it's now it's important for everybody to know everything. We uh, we. As I say, we homeschool, and and after that, that child we just decided, no, we're not doing it. Um, if they want to be exceptional, they can be exceptional in college, you know. Or the, when they're old enough, and our kids don't even like to talk. The, the younger three don't even like to talk about it, um, and which is interesting because now I get to, you know, we we had them in a private school for three years, a Christian school, and then we pulled them out of that just financially, uh, and we and now we we actually use the same curriculum as the private school did but we just do it through homeschool and there's there's these assignments and some of them are optional and some of them are not at first we didn't know all, how many were actually optional and there's they have to write all these current event reports well you type in current events and and it's it's all politics every a current event is politics you want to know what people think about russia you want to know what people think about the election you want to know what people think about this law or the supreme court or it's it's all it's all politics. And and even from a Christian perspective there was kind of an idea like like here's the world and the world is has this political view that we disagree with, we're going to try to put our our finger on the scale on this side and and have a lot of emphasis on politics from a Christian perspective. We're going to have the the Christian politics. Uh and and the Christian activism. You know, and and it, the problem is is that it's still Emphasizing the politics Instead of the spirituality Uh, And and as like you know We're done with it you know unless there's a Current event that you know maybe the 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 World Cup okay the World Cup's Going on that that's not political But but there are very few of those events So my kid just He's 14 he just wants to be a Kid I kind of remember that Uh, That's the way I was I, I didn't and I wasn't even bombarded By politics but I certainly wasn't I think the first time I was really politically aware was in 11th grade. Uh and you know, he doesn't want to think about what political views it, it, the topic comes up because we're so surrounded by it. And and my wife and I have political views, and so it does come up, but and as soon as it does, he gets really like you can see the frustration. Uh he just it's like this like this angst builds up, It's like, "Oh, <laughs> let let's 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 can it for now." Uh, so, so in school we don't do current current event reports because right? it's all politics. And I want to talk about why this is alluring. Why do we get diverted into politics specifically? Uh, and and there's th- three reasons. And I don't again. So it, it doesn't make a difference what what side. Of the, I'm not talking about what political view you have that is right or wrong. That, that Christians and non Christians, whatever, and this get diverted into politics. And I want to talk about why this is alluring. What is the appeal? Because politics never made you happier. I, I'm telling you, you've never been happier after a political discussion. Never. You, you've never had a discussion with a friend, uh, especially if he has a, an, a... You can have the same exact viewpoint as somebody else, and you, everything you say agrees with each other, you'll still come away from the conversation disgruntled because all you'll be doing with him is commiserating about the other side. So this is the, these are the three diversions of politics. Politics, first of all, feels influential. It's associated with law. Law is the structure of our country. Uh, it's important. And, and so law involves positions of power. And that power is influential. There's no question that's true. It feels very influential in the terms of me connecting myself to it. If it's important and powerful, then me connecting myself to it feels important and powerful. I'm connected with influence, right? And this addresses two needs that I have as a human being. First of all, I want to feel significant, Personally significant in the world, that is it's called my need for a purpose. God made me with a need to fill a purpose, and, and so connecting something to something influential feels like it fills a purpose. The other thing I want to do is I, I have this intrinsic need to be in control. Not even in a bad sense. I mean, it can be bad, but but we want to feel like we're in control of our world, or like like things aren't like spinning wildly chaotically out of control and 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 that's good that's healthy to have kind of your hands around your world now you can't always do that but but when you're connected with things that are influential I mean what better source of control is there and 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 to say that I'm helping whatever way I'm doing it to shape things that are important from the highest observable levels the political levels and law why? that's that feels like I'm I'm doing something and and controlling something. So that is the first diversion. The second diversion is that it is visible. I I mean it's spiritual things are internal. they are, I think more important, but they're internal and it's very hard to see. It's hard to quantify the effectiveness of spiritual things, right or personal things. Uh, But uh, think about this in in a church sense Let's not talk about politics for a moment Because the same thing is observable Most churches, and not ours anymore Since I've been here, we've gotten rid of it But most churches have a wooden board up front Somewhere, some kind of a placard And there are two numbers Typically, at the very least, on this board That they're always there uh and you know what numbers they are. They the numbers, the first number uh is is how many people came on Sunday. And the second one is how much money did those people give last Sunday. And that's very important for us to have those two numbers. Numbers are quantifiable. Uh, it gives us like this feeling that we can we can quantify the spiritual health of our church, which we can't. How many people walked in the door tells me nothing about them as individuals. How much they gave, you can say. Well, see, they're they're into it. They're active. Whatever. We we already talked about them, uh, about the 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 need for people to, the, and the tendency for people to kind of uh, replace real contribution with financial contribution. So so, financial contribution does not tell you that they are. Personally engaged in spiritual things, it tells you that they're giving a check. That's all it tells you, and it tells you that they came. It doesn't tell you what they're doing when they're not there. It doesn't tell you anything. I, so I can't quantify spirituality, but I want to. as As a preacher, I want to be able to quantify that. Uh, and unfortunately, quantifying that, you know, even for a good purpose, uh, to say, you know, I want to be stay aware of this spiritual situation. That takes time. That takes investment and and things like that, uh, but this feels good. it's a diversion because I can grasp it. I can grasp those numbers uh, and so in a political sense, when we, we get back to the political I- idea here, uh, this person got elected that's quantifiable. that law got passed. my side is winning, or on the other side, oh no, my got lo- my, my got lost I need I need to do more. Uh, the, we, this, ba- this bad law got passed uh, I, I need to do more I need to tweet more I need to put more things on Facebook I need to call my congressman I need to do whatever I, I need to do something that feels like I'm controlling the situation uh, and, and so it's visible In some way It's tangible to me The third diversion that we're going to talk about Is the feeling of Its Substance It's kind of like influence but it's a little bit different uh, I think this is actually the most important of the three. I want you to think about the timing of the politicization of our population. Think about, okay, I, I, I said, you go back a couple of decades, and we had, like, okay, well, there's this political thing. Hey, there's this important law. Okay. It, like, you would hear it from time to time. There's an election. Every four years, you would hear it. Now it's constant. Like, the election's over. And it's already, boom. Uh, ads and whatever for the next one there's no there's no downtime so uh, this has increased well when has it increased it's increased since spirituality has declined there's like a vacuum of spirituality, an increasing vacuum of spirituality. I'm not saying there's no spiritual people, but but as politics has become more important, it, you can see it's it's because of the decline of spirituality. Not just I'm not just talking again about people who aren't going to church. That's an element of it in our society. But but even with those who are going to church, quote unquote, uh, there's a a lower spirituality. There's like this disconnect between what we do on Sunday or how occasionally Sunday. And what I do, The it's like, okay, we left church. We're going to do what we want. Okay. Like I'm going to, I'm going to go home from church and I'm going to spend eight, 8,000 hours on video games and TV and computer. And I'm going to take in massive loads of probably horrible entertainment. And uh like, the spiritual level, even of people who claim to be Christians, is lower. And so as this has happened, politics has is is increasing. And I think they're connected. I think that law feels like it has value. Politics feels like it has value. Law is policy. Well, policy is, is based around right and wrong. So it fill, fills that need for a moral thing that's being accomplished we have that intrinsic need for a moral thing that's being accomplished and and if i'm i'm lacking in it in my personal life and if i'm I, if i'm whether totally because i'm not a christian at, or religious in any way or even i'm a person who goes to church but my life has no has doesn't have virtue in it on a individual level right i need something to fill that intrinsic need that i have so I'm going to do it with looking for things of substance. And and law and and politics is a nice way to do that because of the two reasons we said it's visible and it's it feels influential but it also feels substantial. It's it's something connected to a moral code and that that fills that need. It doesn't fill it sufficiently, but it does fill it a little bit. Uh maybe like an inoculation. Uh be, you know not really filling the deep need, but just enough. Uh, so, so you know, it, it, it's not just that it fills this need, but it's also think about the large scale of it. I, mean, I kind of mentioned this a little bit. I'm doing something on a national level, right? You know, most people, if they're going to get politically active, they're not really interested in the local mayor's race or the dog catcher's race, as they always say. They're interested in the, the, the big stuff, the senators and the, even the down to the reps maybe but but I'm, I'm interested in a, a judge. I'm interested in like I, I'm interested in these things um, and of course the president this is, this is the politics or big laws that I want to get passed these, these are the big things that affect the the country. And so I feel like I'm I'm doing something that that's that's affecting 400 and some odd million people. Well that makes me wow that's big. It's big and it's moral. And it's filling that need of of importance and substance. Um, but here's the thing about it. Here's why it's a diversion. You will never make one deep, lasting relationship through political action. You won't. I'm not saying you won't ever accomplish anything. I'm just saying this is not where the most substance in your life will ever be. You will make a lot of noise you will likely make a lot of enemies. You will alienate a lot of people. You will turn off a lot of people. You will not make lasting, deep friendships through political connections. It won't happen. It's a diversion. It's one, I I think, that that Satan would like us to do. I think think he loves Christians to be politically active, or anybody, but especially Christians, because it takes us away from what we want to do. You will, if you want lasting influence, begin by directing. You've got to give up some of those those ideals that feel so important to you. But direct your efforts towards eternal spiritual things that you can't quantify. And that's where you're going to see influence over time. That's the other thing. It's, it's, I suppose there's another diversion is it feels immediate. It's like our cycles are short. But uh, things that take time, things that are internal, a, a personal development of somebody that you're involved with over time. You go, wow. You look back and you say, man, remember when we were here? Remember when we were, you know, this was our spiritual state? Um, find ways to be personally involved with people. Uh, and, and that's where, so we get to volunteering, whether it's volunteering for an organization or or doing things, even more importantly, that are spiritually, directly spiritually connected. Uh Personal involvement, and, and and as you really get involved, you will notice that you don't have time for the politics. I, I really don't have time for all the political nonsense. I, I, I like I I keep I keep an eye on it just because I'm connected to things that I have to be politically connected with in terms of people that I'm you know uh, we help in Ukraine. So there's some little politics. So I'm aware of some of it, but I try not to be i've got too much thing i too much too much stuff to do uh, because I'm trying to be active in people's lives and and trying to do things that are accomplishing eternal things and so uh wherever whatever the diversion is um analyze the diversion start this weekend and pick off something that that is like this motive that you have that that the this appeals to because I because I know especially the younger you are the, the more this is true that you you're probably politically active, and and you have this this need. Think about what it is that that is missing and what you can do to fill that need the right way. Uh, I, I we're twenty in so uh, click on some of the links that we have and uh, you know share it. With people, we have different ways to listen to the podcast. If you want, uh, and and uh, continue on with us uh, for the next twenty. All right, have a good week.